The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rodney United podcast, and we have a draw, a draw at Coventry to talk about. Plenty to cover from the draw, uh, as we will do. I, I'll do it so in the next hour or so. Uh, we'll also look ahead. Another away day as Coventry go to another sea, but this time in Wales as Cardiff as the away day. Um, we have the same lineup. Danny is still joining us from his holiday. Thank you for joining us, Danny. Hello, everybody. How are we doing today? Brilliant, mate. And Mick is with us as well. How is it going, Michael? All good, mate. All good, thank you. Uh, very good, thank you. Um, we're going to start by mentioning the the charity pounds for mentioning of a certain somebody. Mick, you've set this up. So if, well, am amnesty. Any any mentions of the name in the next two minutes don't count towards this. But if you'd like to just explain what you've done um, as how they can keep track on us. Well, somebody in the comments suggested, I can't remember who it was now, that uh, a pound should go to the hospice every time the uh, previous manager's name was mentioned. So we set up a just giving page called Don't Mention the War. Um, and you can see anybody that's watching on YouTube can see the, uh, the address uh, running along the bottom of the screen. So um, if you do mention that uh, person's name in the comments, you will be required to submit a one pound fine to that address. Yeah, we've all counted what we're up. We, we think we all are about a fiver each. I think that's what we're all putting in to start with. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, we, we'll, we'll put this in already. And the season's, you know, I still feel like we're not really into the season yet. Um, so, we could make a lot of money with this, by the way. <laughs> for the hospice, the hospice could make a lot of money from it. Yeah, we could lose a lot. Of oh, yeah, yeah, for the hospice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we could. Yeah, summer holidays are going to get are going to be disappearing to the hospice at this rate. Um, so yeah, we'll keep it out as much as we can. If we say say it without mentioning it, flaggers, uh, so we can try and uh, 
trying to make sure we put in the right money for obviously it's a great cause for the hospice. Um, we have in the comments so far Dave Lawton, Paul Brock, John Inchliff, Brian Hargett, Gav Grunder, and Kim Haywood all with us so far. Thank you very much. Um, so let's go move ahead. Let's go. Well, move ahead by going backwards. Let's talk about the game on Tuesday night. Uh, 2 2 draw away at Coventry. Uh, to start with, Danny, I suppose let's put it in context that if somebody offered you 2 2 at the start of the night, you'd have taken it, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd have took it. <clears throat> I even said this to recent Jordans. We left the ground. If you'd have said 2 2 when we got there, I'd have took it. I think it's just the manner in which we drew to all, which was uh, a little bit gut wrenching and heartbreaking you know, with that last minute penalty. Um, Joey's out whether it was a penalty or not I'll let the uh, comment section and probably Mick decide that one um, but yeah 2-2 to start that against an informed Coventry side and to score twice against a team that's only scored one in uh, it's only conceded one in seven it's not bad on paper is it it's just when you go into the finer detail it's like actually no what Rotham could have had that yeah 100% agree 100% agree we'll come on to the referee mate. Mick let's ease ourselves into the episode first before we uh... Get full ranty. Um, but the overall performance, it was a strange game in terms of course, I thought first 20 minutes or so, I thought we were excellent. But then for 20 minutes, we weren't so good. And then we ended the game with with, with a goal from Cohen Bramwell. It was a strange sort of first half, I thought. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, we, we could have been 3-0 up in five minutes. Um, and, and to be fair, perhaps should have been. Um, but for the, the, the final ball on each occasion was just kind of inches away from where it needed to be, weren't it? So, I mean, we, we came out of the traps so well, so well. It's as good as we've come out of traps all season, I think, to be fair. Um, and, and yeah, I'll be honest, on, on when we hit that 20-minute mark, I was very, very disappointed we weren't in front uh, because we certainly deserved to be. So, um, and like you said, they, they then came into the game a, a little bit, didn't they? Um, and got their, got their foot, got a foothold, if you like. Uh, before we took it away from him again. So, uh, good performance overall, I thought. Yeah. It was your fault as well. The, we started the, the play dropped yeah, down. So yeah, Mick sent a message to our group chat saying, this is an electric start. And as soon as that message came through, the, the performance dropped and commentary started oh, to take control of the game. Yeah, my fault. <laughs> cool uh, boy, Eric. should have known. You should have known, Mick. Um... Let's go back. Let's go back to the starting lineup, Danny. There were, there were obviously a few changes. Dolphin gets his second start for the club. Cam Humphreys comes back in, which is something we've, we've all been talking about. Um, uh, Lee Pelte kept his place. Obviously, Richard Wood dropped down, and I think it's the first time we saw a start of Kelly and Washington. Well, it's obviously the first time it's only Kelly's second start. So yeah, obviously <laughs> it is. Um, how do you think all those things went, Danny? Because it, the, I thought the defence, even though we considered two goals, and we'll talk about the goals in a minute. But the defensive display for me was probably better. In fact, there's no problem about it. We defended better on Tuesday night than we did against Stoke last week. Yeah, I think um, certainly defensively we just worked it out a bit mm. more. And uh, I think uh, Taylor got his tactics spot on for Coventry yeah. because we absolutely harassed their um, right-sided player to the point where he virtually had little effect on the game and he was out-muscled by Bramwell. And uh, I think that's when he went off with an hamstring injury because he'd just been run ragged for the first for the first half, really. Um, yeah, defensively a lot stronger. Uh, Humphreys comes in, is alongside the two senior players and does very well. And uh, yeah, Adolphin's come in, had 
an all right game as well. Um, I think I think Harding had an iffy game, but sort of made up for it in other areas by really putting a shift in. Um, yeah, just just a lot a lot more defensively sound. I think Taylor's really starting to get a grasp on how he wants us to play away from home. Like I said, first start for Kelly and Washington. I think it was in the league at least. I think they've appeared like that in pre-season. Um, and yeah, really effective front line. I could see Georgie and Wash making an effective partnership up front, certainly until Chio comes back. Mm. Yeah, I thought if, you're Georgie... if you're wondering what that strange noise is, that's the RAF base that's right next to where we're staying. So that's that's the fighter aircraft flying over. I think uh, I, I think we're going to Russia. I think. I thought, I thought that was your stomach rumbling, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Nicholas Skimos is probably one of the best attacking away performances this season for for us. He thinks I can't don't tend to disagree with that. And Paul Brock says Danny and I thought uh, said it at half time we would go and win easily. Uh, when the second half got the deserved point though, which is very true. Um, talk about individual performances, Mick, and this brings us on to the two Millers goals. Dan Balasa. Um <laughs> I just again we, we say this a lot, and I, and I think we put, maybe mean this. From Dan Barlow. So, what else can we say? Can, what else can we possibly say about him? I mean, only one of them technically goes down as an assist, which is robbery, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, but it was just sensational again. And the pass for Bramwell was pinpoint. And I think the pass to Washington was probably better. Yeah, it was. Um, but again, you don't, have, don't get the assist for that one. But anyway, um, he is becoming so important. He's becoming more and more important as the games go by to our game, which is a worry for when he leaves in January or the end of the season. <laughs> don't be pessimistic. You just never know, do you? You never know. Um, I think he will leave. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't think we can afford to pay him the wages that uh, that he deserves, to be perfectly honest with you, because he's just... He is absolutely outstanding. Um, and there's very, very few teams that have a player of that nature in, in the team. You know what I mean? Um they're like they are literally like rocking on smoke. Uh, you just you can't find them, and when, when you do, well, we've seen what he can do. He's just he is just outstanding. It's about his vision. It's all about the way he reads and sees the game. Um, you know, the the passes are just the, the icing on the cake. Really, um, it's being able to pick, to spot them, uh, to pick them out. That's the key, uh, and that's what the vast majority of the footballers, midfielders across the country, can't do. Um, I would I would venture to suggest that pretty much any of the midfielders across the country can actually play the pass. You know, yeah. literally all he's doing is booting the ball. He's just kicking the ball and putting the right amount of weight on it. But he's actually seeing it, getting into that position and seeing the runs and seeing the pass. It's, the vision is is remarkable. And um, yeah, he's he's he's, all, he's awesome. Great player. Great yeah. player. He is a great player. And I also like that he does the dirty stuff as well. We, yeah, we, said, yeah. we said this about Booknot and Cuffy a few weeks because he's very happy to go and do the dirty work. And Dan Barlas is exactly the same. And in midfield, you've got to do that, I suppose. You can't just, yeah. very often in midfield, you can't just sit and be, and be pretty. You've got to do the dirty work. And when you play for Rotherham United, you've got to go and do the dirty work. Um, yeah. Dan, just talk to me about Dan Barlas. So we, we could talk all night about Dan Barlas. So if you want, just what do, what do you want to say about him? <laughs> I'll just say that he offered me a night out in Wickersley at Gillingham. Um, <laughs> But yeah, what what a 
what a passer Dan Barlasser is. Those two assists for the two goals are absolutely incredible. The through ball to Bramwell. I mean, <clears throat> not to take anything away from Bramwell, the finish was incredible. Um, just just that first time strike and the goal, completely wrong folks to the keeper. What a finish. But it's the ball from Dan Barlasser that makes it. Same with, um, with Connor Washington. It's the through ball that sets it up. Washington does get a little bit lucky with how the ball drops, but still finishes. And um, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> I have broken my hip in those celebrations because someone jumped into me. My body went one way, my leg stood where it was. And yeah, it, it, I haven't been able to walk properly since, so that's fun. Um, but yeah, what else can you say about Dan Barla? So we know how much he can pass. We know the long balls he can spay out anywhere on the pitch and <clears throat> the through balls that he can play are absolutely incredible. I think that makes him top of the assist chart, at least Joint how top. we rank it. Joint top. Is the second one not officially counted as this then? I can't find anywhere classing as an assist. It's because the keeper gets a touch. Oh, right. Okay. Not before Washington gets a touch, though. No, but Bala passes it to him. Washington gets the touch. The keeper would technically intercept it, which then becomes another touch, which then is. I can't find anywhere that's classed as an assist. All the I, I mean, if we use the same formula that Sky Class set P's goals as, it is his assist, isn't it? Yeah, I'd so. So, yeah, so, so it's, it's, not, it's not as his assist, anyway. It should be. It should. He should now be the leading assist maker in the championship. It's technically on a joint, um, but who cares? Um, let's talk about his future, Mick. Obviously, there's talk about him, uh, he was offering him a contract. I like. You. I agree. I don't see how we can offer him the money that he is worth, um, because he's worth much more than whatever he's on now. Obviously, yeah. Um, the rumored sell-on fee for Newcastle makes it not worth selling, which makes the only logical thing realistically is to let him run his contract down because it's forty percent. For us to get a worthwhile money, somebody would have to pay five million pounds, which Nicholas Skidmore's put in the comments. But nobody's going to pay five million quid in January. They should, but they're not going to. Yeah. So the only logical thing for us to do is keep it end of the season and just enjoy him, and hopefully he keeps us as high up on the table as possible. Yeah, yeah, I think that's in in reality. I think that's that's where we're going to be, um, unless somebody can pull something out of the bag and uh, get him to sign a new deal. We're we're, we're in the hands of of, uh, of the chairman and uh, and and the recruitment staff. Um, you just have to wait and see. But like you said, enjoy him while you can because he won't be here forever, obviously. This may well be his last season with Millers. So just enjoy it because you'll not see another one, I wouldn't have thought, um, for a few years yet. Probably not. And if he can push us up into a place where we are sitting comfortably mid-tail by end of the season, we then maybe can, oh. we can, we can approach somebody else of similar quality, maybe later on in the career or something like that. Um it's, it's, it's a bit. I mean, that's a very good point, Matt. To be fair, and and that's what makes Dan Barla so special. In that, it's usually a player of 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 greater experience that can play that role. Somebody who's been around the block a bit, um, who, who, who reads the game better just because of their experience, um, and that's why Dan Barla is special because he's so young uh, and he's able to do it. So. In my view, I'm not saying that's right. That's just how I, how I kind of read it. So uh, enjoy it, enjoy it while you can, and uh, you never know. Just keep your fingers crossed that um, 
Father Christmas brings us a Dunbar as a contract for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul Brock says, Barlaster was like Peter Beersley of old last night. His footballing brain and awareness was top draw. Proud to have him. Mm. Yeah, very proud to have him. John Rell says, no one's going to pay anything like that for him with six months. Yeah. Makes no business sense. He's nailed on to go on a free in the summer. Yeah. I, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I'd be okay with it. And if, if, if we were able to sell him in, the, in January for two, three million quid and we kept everything, then that's a different story. Yeah. The sell on fee to Newcastle is what, what makes it a bit more complicated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is why I think free transfer. Danny, what's your view on that and on his future and where where the where the sense lies in, in when he leaves and how he leaves? Yeah, I have to, um, <clears throat> I have to agree with uh, John Morell there about there's no sense in offering massive money when he's got six months left. He either goes on a free or we offer him a lot of money for him to stay. Um, hopefully, it's the latter, and Taylor is able to convince Tony to really put the uh, the wages on the board for Barlasser. And if not, yeah, unfortunately he goes for free or a much reduced cost in January. Um, we've, we've said this before, we need to have a word with Alison to get him to stay, don't we? Because I still want that night out in Wickersley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We're in October. Uh, we're sort of planning his exit. We're in October, but yeah. Another special performance from Dan Barlasser. Comfortably man of the match, I think the club's full. Um, we'd be in a much worse position without him so far. So hopefully he doesn't get injured anytime soon. Um, <laughs> Colin Bramwell, Danny, obviously went off injured on around the hour mark, but caused them all sorts of problems. Maybe he took the goal away. He was causing them mm. all sorts of problems. Uh, and the second half in particular, before we came off, we were having all sorts of fun down left-hand side. Um, oh, yeah. There's question marks on his defensive work for me, but from an attacking fullback point of view, he is brilliant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've said before, he caused their right side of play no end of trouble on that right-hand side. And I think he even forced him off with a hamstring injury. Mm. Um, yeah, I've got his goal. Like we said, very well taken finish, first-time strike. Um, a lot of people said he's tried to cross it. He hasn't. He's just run onto the ball. He's just smacked it. Yeah, exactly. Some people said he tried to cross it. He hasn't. He's just run onto it, smacked it with his left foot, and he scored. And... It, I'm not sure if that, that's definitely his first goal for Rotherham. I don't know if it's his, is it his first championship goal as well. Um, unless he scored for Birmingham, which I think is unlikely. I will double check this for you while, while we're talking. Ooh. I'll find out. He scored, yeah, first championship goal. He scored for one for Colchester, which actually would have been League Two, and two for Lincoln. And this is his first one for us. Didn't score in the five games for Birmingham. Yeah, but what an introduction to the championship if that's your first goal. Brilliant strike. And and the the oh he's turned into a bit of a finesse merchant, anti Cowan Bramwell, going down with cramp <laughs> or, 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 or a hamstring injury, getting the stretcher out and then just standing up going, Yeah, I'm just gonna walk off and then applauding the Coventry fans as he walked past. Like Cohen, yeah. fair play. That is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Oh, absolutely fantastic. Um, and the absolute exceeding anger in the Coventry fans' faces is properly wound up there. I think that's why they're happier with the draw than we are, because they mm. feel like they've got some archery game where we really did try to finesse them. Um, but that appears to be Matt Taylor's tactic with away games. You know, very much a snatch and grab, which um, might be how Wickham fans feel all the time. Not too <laughs> sure on that one. Um, but certainly away from home, if we can snatch and grab a goal or two, and hold on to the three points or even just a singular point, I, I think that's an all right tactic for us just to 
get moving a little bit this season. Um, and if Cohen Drammel's got a left foot on him like that, he could be one to bag a few more for us this season as well. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, let's move forward. We're going to oddly move to the last goal um, because I think this is where <laughs> this is where the, the topic is. This is the topic is. Uh, John Morell mentioned in the comments, evening lads, I've seen a few salty comments from Coventry fans saying when we, we played them, why did, when did they become so precious? Yeah, there was a few people in the Coventry, Coventry comments uh, last night. Let's talk about the penalty though, mate, which is where all the comments and queries came from. Penalty incident in the, well, I think we ended up in the 90th minute the penalty was scored in. Um, it's not a penalty. Um, I don't, I, I can sort of, if you're going to push me, I can say, I, I can sort of understand why the penalty was given. But Matt Taylor's right. Richard Wood's not changed his line. And we're, we're talking in sort of jargon here, I, I suppose, a little bit. Richard Wood's continued in his straight line, in the same line. And I think it's Carmo Howe, if it's not if somebody else, somebody looks similar to him. It stuck his legs between Woody's, and there was contact, obviously. It was the same as the Huddersfield thing a few weeks ago. It's almost exactly the same. In terms of the tangle of legs, it's the, the the striker for me has initiated the contact and it's not a penalty. Uh, would you like to defend the referee? Well, if you'd have been in my house when you awarded it, then you'd have probably thought, no, um, I, I, I was expecting neighbours to come around and see if I were all right because <laughs> uh, I, w- I was absolutely livid. I was absolutely livid when he awarded that, however. As soon as I watch the replay, it's a penalty all day long for me. All day long. Because Woody has put his foot across to try and get the ball. Very slightly, but he puts his foot across to get the ball. I tell you now, honestly, if that was at the other end, I would have been screaming for it. Absolutely screaming for it. And I, I get I get what Matt Taylor's saying, and I understand how frustrated he is and everything else. But I'm not calling out the referee on that one. I'm sorry. That, that's just my view. And I, and I know it's contrary to what a lot of people think. But but Woody has put his foot across. Yes, the player has obviously made, made the most of it. But if that's at the other end, I am screaming for that. I think it's a penalty. And I think it's a bit naive of Woody to, 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 to put his foot across the way he did. Um, because he definitely, in my view, moved his right foot across. He was going for the ball, clearly going for the ball. However, penalty for me. The the the, the attackers moved his leg into... He's almost hit Woody's left leg with yeah, the stretch I, I of it. I didn't see it that way. I saw it that Woody's moved his foot across. But, you know, it is, it is what it is, ultimately. I can absolutely see why the referee's given it, 100%. Because within in the in the time that the referee's got to look at that, he, he can't tell he can't tell that uh, the player's moved his leg across. Woody definitely his right leg definitely makes a movement towards the ball for me. So I, I understand why the ref's given it, and I, I yeah, sorry, but that's me. <laughs> I think it's an absolute shocker. You were expecting that, were you? But I wasn't expecting that because it, 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 it's a shocker for me. It was yeah. it was a very very poor for me. The attackers made all the effort in terms of trying to win the penalty. Yeah. Um, maybe he has, maybe he has. But Woody's moved his foot across. He has moved towards the ball. Um, the referee couldn't wait to blow for it either. He could not wait to put whistle to his mouth. It was very very quick. Uh, Danny, join in. I mean, 
that that penalty didn't look like a penalty at the time. That that is for sure. But watch, watching the replays, yeah, it's sort of Woody's. He sort of manoeuvred Woody's leg into like his general vicinity. He's felt the contact. He's gone down. They've been trying to get one of those all game. Uh, they had a couple of shouts in, in the first half where the referee waved it away. So the referee's probably gone. Well, it's third time they've claimed for it, so I'm I'm going to give it. Um, which would have been which would have been fine because we've seen that happen before. But in Matt Taylor's post match saying that the referee was laughing at him as he walked off the pitch, it's a bit now nah, them. You know, that that that's right, it's a bit yeah, it's a bit it's a bit iffy. That for me. I mean, not to take it away from from Coventry, Woody should know better than to put a leg in, in that position. He should try and just body him off the ball and not commit to the challenge. Um, maybe even try and let Victor come out to him. And if he if he gets over Victor, then you know, fair play. If Victor gets it, then fantastic save. Um, but it's just in those situations, the player just feels the slightest amount of contact. He goes down, and like I've said, Coventry were claiming for those sort of things all night. They were going to get one eventually. They got it. Um, and another thing, just to add insult to injury, Victor was so close to saving it with yeah, his feet. He was, yeah. was agonisingly close. I said he was going to go um, keepers right, and he did but down the centre. And Victor was so close. If he, if his feet were just a bit in next size up, he would have saved it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was it was a disappointment because we were so close to getting all three on the road again, but. Looking back on it, Woody shouldn't really be putting a foot in there because if the player feels contact, he goes down. Um, and the referee didn't do himself any favours by, in in terms of Matt, what Matt, what Matt Taylor said, laughing in his face when he challenged him on his decision, which he shouldn't do as a professional, even in the refereeing business, and as a former player who is a referee, you know, shouldn't shouldn't be doing that. But anyway, it's happened. We can't change it. Is what it is, and. Yeah, that's another referee that's got a uh, a black mark next to his name in our little book, isn't it, lads? Not for me, mate. Not for that decision. What I would say is that, again, when Tom Eaves comes on, he's ragged about from pillar to post, shirt pulled off his back, nothing given. And then the free kick that he awards at the edge of the box after mm-hmm. the penalty, after, their, after the Coventry player elbows Woody in the face and then throws himself on top of him. And then he gives it against Woody. That was a remarkable decision. But that mm. came from that came from a, a stoppage in play when we had the ball. No, he stopped the game. We didn't. We, didn't. we did. We didn't. Yes, we, we didn't. did. The referee blew the the referee blew up for the the their was it their player down in our box or when Bramall went down. No, I can't remember. I think it was their player. Either way, the referee blew up, and then the ball was at that point when the referee blew his whistle. The ball was with the Coventry defender who then booted it up into our half. When he blew his whistle, he put his hand up and told the, the Coventry player to stop with the ball at the at halfway between their box and halfway line. Ran off and then he booted the ball. We didn't have the ball when he blew up. Sorry. Not how I remember it. At best, the ball was in mid-air. I'm telling you, I, I, I remember thinking, well, why is it, why is it kick ball up there? Because if, if the referee doesn't think doesn't in, in right about it, he's going to get ball to us. Well, I'm standing with Matt Taylor. <laughs> can, 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 I, can I just um, ask you guys a question, right? You know how you say it was if it was in midair when he blew his whistle? Surely instead of the referee giving it back to one side or the other at the drop ball, drop he ball. should just kick it up in the air. 
<laughs> and then let Jung just go with it. You know, balls in my dead, blows yeah. your right? Up in the air, off you go. Try and challenge for that. I agree. I'd like to have to write to the SI about that. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that one. Um, yeah, the, 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 the free kick decision was, was crazy at the end. But... Yeah, it was. I thought, I thought for the most part, the referee had an okay game. I, d- I don't think he did anything wrong, but there's those couple of decisions at the end, which makes obviously disagrees. Uh, I thought it became a poor, poor, uh, end up being a poor performance, but there we go. Um, Andrew Ballon says, evening, does anybody else think we should have had a penalty early in the second half? I'm sure that Kelly was shoved into the back of the net. Yeah. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's an argument there. There was another incident where um, Connor Washington was swung around on the corner of the box by his shirt. Mm, yes, um, it was. Yeah. Which, which again, and literally within yards of the ref- of the of the lino, mm. uh, and nothing was given. There was a, there was a lot of that last night, um, and, and Tommy's just again. I don't know how he keeps his rag. I don't know how he keeps his temper. I don't honestly, because he just they just absolutely rip him apart, defenders, um, and and he gets nothing from the referees, and that that's the frustrating thing for me. You know, you compare the way T- Tommy Eves is treated, and then. The same sort of behaviour by that Coventry attacker on, on, on Richard Wood generates a free kick for them on, on the edge of our box. And yet, at the other end, it's never, ever given. And, and I don't really get that. Um, I don't know whether the referee had just lost his... Um, by that point or what, I don't know. But, um, yeah. He'd lost his head. Yeah. I do think he'd lost his head a little bit. Um John Morell says it's tough one. Saw the highlights. Would give the referee a decision to make, which is which is the main fault. Which I, I do agree. Woody gave the uh, thought. Um, however, you could tell O'Hare was compared to Grealish when he was a Villa youth. Yeah, I was I was impressed with O'Hare. I obviously didn't play for very long, but I noticed when he played, I, I came on and made a couple of really nice nice passes. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but he's clearly a very influential player for them. Uh, what do you think of Coventry in general, Danny? I thought they were a little bit like Stoke in terms of their possession. I thought they looked after it okay. But their two goals essentially came from either either two mistakes or a mistake and a, a refereeing decision, whichever way you want to look mm-hmm. at it. But that's only the only way they were going to score is us sort of helping them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I actually said that, to be fair. Our two um, conceding goals did come from our own mistakes like the first one was Hardin's but he made up for that later on with some strong challenges and then the the final one the killing blow if you like was the um was the penalty um but if you really watch how Coventry operate and you can tell I was sober at this game because I actually noticed this um Coventry's like midfield six sort of moves as one unit around the mm. pitch it's like there's there's the attacking three and then the sitting three and they all just sort of move across the pitch in unison with mm. each other, which leaves them very vulnerable on the flanks. Um, mm. And we've exploited that in um, in Bramble and Harding and had a lot of luck on the flanks. It doesn't all, it doesn't help that their pitch is very wide at yeah. the um, at the CBS Arena, and that's why I say I think Matt Taylor got his uh, his tactics spot on because he sort of played it more out wide and ran the channels and really took the game to him. He didn't let them dictate the play. We tried to dictate play against them. And like you say, mate, first 20 minutes, we were electric against them. And then we they sort of had their spell. And then later on in the half, we had we, our spell again. Um, and then, you know, as things developed in the second half, it eventually finished 2-2. Um, but yeah, we sort of took the game to them. It, it's almost as if we've looked at ourselves after the whole game and gone, right, 
we take the game to them this time. And that's exactly what we did for opening 20 minutes because we looked very, very good. Um, but as a whole, Coventry do have a lot of working out to do. I think the safe for the home ground for this year, the whole admin thing to do Possibly. with Watson. Sort it out today. Um, I've, I've heard that the company that owns their stadium is separate to WAS, so they're sort of doing their own thing, which should be all right for them. But if not, they've already got a backup operation with six fields in place already, just as like a backstop. Um, so they should be able to carry on as they are. Um, but yeah, it's a shame with that stadium because I actually like that stadium. It's very, very loud. I think to give Coventry the view, I know a lot of their fans actually kicked off on, on social media about us finessing the life out of them, to use the PC wording of it. But overall, their fans were really, really loud. Like, yeah, fair, it were loud last night, really loud. Yeah, yeah, fair play to them in that regard. That corner that's near where the away fans are was really, really loud. Bit sparse to populated other end of the pitch, though, which mm, they seem to have all their fans in one stand, which, again, big stadium, we can't have it all. Um, but overall, uh, vocally-wise, very, very good. Very, very good from Coventry. Um, yeah, I, I personally, right, I'll put my cards out on the table for this one. I see them staying up this year. Oh, yeah. They've, they've had a torrid start, but I think they'll stay up. They'll be similar position towards commend at season, I think. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's, that's something. That's, their their position is false. As always, this, the table doesn't lie. We mentioned last time two years ago that it's just not telling the full truth yet. And certainly with Coventry's games in hand, they'll be nowhere near relegation zone at the end of the season. With with O'Hare back, that's going to massively help them. Uh, they're solid, aren't they? I felt like they were really solid. Um, let's talk about their their first goal, Mick. A rare Wes error. Um, mm. And it was a really, really bad error when it it was so many easy options and he just tried to be a little bit too clever. Um yeah. and he's like his lesson. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much sums it up, isn't it? You know, he's he's he's, he's picked the ball up and, he's, and 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 started to come inside and then decided to cut back to the outside straight into a straight into a country shirt and and, and lost the ball and, and and that's it. Bob's your uncle. So um, you know, we we've we've gifted them both goals realistically. Um and without that mistake, it's a different game altogether, isn't it? Um, you know, the, the penalty might not have happened, our second goal might not have happened. Um, yeah, they were on top for a period, um, but we we, did, we defended reasonably solidly. Um, you know, it was it was a bit sort of back to the wall, back to the walls at time, but we were able to keep possession a lot better than we did um, against. It, it was back to the wall, but but at the same time, it was fairly comfortable. Victor yeah. weren't crazy busy, were he? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, you know, he pulled off a couple of decent saves, but in the well, he didn't actually, did he? He no. didn't really need to. You know, he, in the main, everything was was straight at him. So um, I'll be honest. I think we were unlucky. I think we were really unlucky last night. But I think we brought about our own demise, unfortunately. Um, but there's some really, really promising signs. Some mm. really promising signs. Um, and and I'm 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 very very positive uh, that that first twenty minutes, if we could play like that, if if we play like that away from home every 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 away game, we're going to surprise a lot of teams. Um, well, it's certainly in the in the in the next few few games, and it's it's a decent set of decent run of um, of games to start surprising people because you know it's it's, it's a tough run. So um, yeah. I can't remember what you asked me now, but it's... Um, 
Wes weren't it? Wes was mistake for that um, for that, that first goal. Yeah, disappointing from him, and I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll be more disappointed than we are. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. Um... Picture the scene: all of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, Tell them, honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Let's put more positive news. Our points total. I was comparing it to the last few times in the Championship and we're significantly better off now than we have been in the past. Uh, last time we went down by a point or whatever it was, uh, we're, we're currently nine points better off than we were last time. This at the same stage two years ago. Nine points is obviously that's not a, it's, that's obviously three wins. That's a significant increase over such a short space of time. Um, if you want to compare it to the last time we were successful in terms of staying up, which was 2015 uh, 16, we are 13 points better off than we were at the same <laughs> stage. Now, I know that last season was the, was the great escape under Neil Warnock, but yeah. that just gives you an example of how far better we're. The, the best. The last time we had a similar start to this was again that 2002-2003 season mm. where we finished very, very comfortable. Um, yeah, I don't know, Danny. Uh, it's difficult to sort of say because we're only, I think we're 16 games in now, but the, ta- the table should be starting to settle down after 10 to 15 games. Is this settled? Do you think this is where we are? Do you think there's still time for us to be able to correct itself? What, what, it's difficult to know because it, it still feels like it's too early to get excited about being okay. Oh yeah, it's definitely too excited to <clears throat> to get definitely too early to get excited about being okay. But like you say, at this point in the season, the, the table does start to work itself out unless someone goes on an absolutely exceptional run or an absolute horror show of a run. Hmm. It's sort of just starting to show who's got the quality and who's, you know, lacking a little bit. And um, for us, like I said, without an absolutely horrific run, we could be in and around this position come end of the season, not to count chickens before the hatch or anything. But we do have that quality to really give teams a game and, you know, nick a result, like, like at Stoke, for example, nick a result like that. It's not going to happen all the time, but... If we get enough of those results and enough of a strong performance at home, yeah, why not this position? Um, definitely too early to tell, though. If, if someone, right, if, if, if come end of the season we are anywhere near 11th or 12th, then we'll all look back on our predictions right now saying, oh, yeah, we could, we could be like this come end of the season and go, wow, we, we were spot on there. We could end up finishing 18th for all we know, lads. But, mm. um, I, th- I think it all depends on January now. It all depends on January, and if we lose key players or if we even strengthen and keep key players, that'll determine how we end the season. Because like you've compared it to the Neil Warnock uh, survival season and our last spells in the Championship, 
we are doing very, very well. And um, Matt Taylor implementing different tactics away from home uh, than at the New York and still tweaking. He's still tweaking. He's, uh, he almost seems like a little bit of a tweak merch. You know, if something doesn't work, he tweaks it a little bit yeah. and tries to get the best out of it. Sometimes it doesn't work, like what happened with Hull. Sometimes it does work, like what happened with Coventry, bar the penalty. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited about this season, lads. It could go either way at this point. We could we could see ourselves borderline pushing upper end of mid-table. I'm not going to say the PO word yet. <laughs> um, but it could also see us down the, op- the opposite end if it really doesn't work. Um, it's exciting. You know, we, we could be in for a very strong season this season. And hopefully we are. Yeah, there's, 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 the concern is that there's two there's teams down there that aren't going to go down there for much longer. West Brom at some point will pick up, whether that is March. West Brom are not, are, are not going to go down. Middlesbrough are almost certainly not going to go down. They've just pointed Michael Carrick as manager. Um, Stoke are probably not going to be down there. Hull are probably not going to end up down there. So there's there's spaces to you know, Coventry at bottom three at a minute. I can't see Coventry being anywhere near bottom three either, Mick. So... But again, there's 16 games in, except Coventry's 14. So, are we just saying, oh, am I just looking at the name saying West Brom and thinking, oh, they're too good to go down? Or do you think it'll, they'll probably it'll just correct itself? I think I think there's there's probably any one of 22 teams that could end up in playoffs, and there's any <laughs> one of 22 teams could go down. The way the championship is at the moment this season, particularly, uh, it, it, you just can't predict anything. You, you, you just can't. Um, so fr- from our point of view, all we can do is concentrate on our own own little world, uh, which is obviously what Matt Taylor and his team will be doing, um, and, and, and continue to improve. We're as strong... This 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 team is, is already as strong as any other mm. side that we've had whilst we've went during this sort of yo-yo years, if you like. Um, and it, and it's nowhere near reached its potential, um, but but the signs are there that that Matt Taylor is starting to bring it together a little bit and exploit the strengths of the team, um, and and obviously trying to shore up all the weaknesses. So um, it, it, it's the signs are really really positive for me at the moment, really positive. Um, but like Danny said, all it needs is a horror horror run of six defeats. And you, you, you're down scrambling and everything kind of changes. Mm. So, but on the flip side of that, three or four wins puts you puts you within touching distance of, uh, of of that top six. It's it's bizarre, but anybody can do it, and it's mm. um, it's, it's going to be another roller coaster, isn't it? Yeah, never boring. Which is what we wanted. <laughs> I want boring. I want boring eighteenth <laughs> ones. Um, nah, you yeah. don't. <laughs> uh, John Morell says hard to compare as it's a low tide up top at the minute usually means it's going to be 50 plus to survive yeah possibly um, uh, Phil Oxley asks do we think the impact of the new coach uh, had a positive effect yesterday you can only assume it does Danny I mean it's one of those that we'll never well obviously never know but it's always good to have an extra mind in there it's not you know we've not got 15 voices you know what I mean it's a third voice in there which is really important experienced voice um, mm. and so Matt Taylor can trust and he, he needs as many of them as, as he can get really I suppose Oh yeah absolutely I think um, especially at the whole game we were missing that sort of 
does this count for a quid if I say MH's name? Or is it only PW? No, you can have Hamshaw. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Oh, good. Right, okay. Um, we needed that sort of Matt Hamshaw voice, you know, in the ear of the fourth official and, you know, still talking to the linesman or, or whoever it is. Um, and we didn't really have that. Taylor certainly made his voice known against Hull, but nowhere near what Hamshaw did. And I think the new guy coming in will certainly add that extra voice on the touchline. You know, you've got Taylor as assistant and now the first team coach all getting instructions across, all working as like a little cognitive machine in how a team can improve. And uh, his record speaks for itself. He has played a lot of different styles of football in a few countries, uh, both in Europe and further afield. And yeah, it, it could be a very, very fine addition. I do feel a little bit bad for Exeter now that we've pitchfulled their manager, assistant mm-hmm. and first team coach. Um, but then again, the one who shall not be named did that to us. So unfortunately, that's just swings and roundabouts in football. He didn't do them too bad, badly last night, did he? Uh, they managed to go to Derby and, uh, and, and grab a nil-nil draw. That's a yeah. great point, Frank, to that, isn't it? That's a great can point. I, can, I, can, I, can I just say, I passed on some secret information to my friend, the Exeter fan, okay. who then passed it on to their temporary manager or permanent manager or whatever he is, saying, right, wait until he brings the extra defender on and then go off and hit them. Like, hold out and then go and hit them after the defender comes on. And from what he's told me, that's exactly what they did at Pride Park. So happy days. Brilliant. Um, Nicholas Skidmore talks about who's going to be down there. This is a very valid, interesting point. In fact, Wigan haven't played their, uh, played their players, uh, paid their players. So there may be a point you they don't stalk the stuff out, which isn't nice, but good take as a place. So, yeah, Wigan have reported them for the third time in I can't remember how many months, but certainly the third time since the end of last season, not paid their players on time. Now they're claiming that it's a banking issue again. Um, yeah, I'm, well, I'm not going to go into somebody else's, sort of another club's fi- finances and stuff because I know how sensitive people can get about it. But that's a big, massive, giant red flag to me if they are, if it's the third time. We saw it Wednesday, didn't we, Mick? We saw yeah, it yeah. Sheffield Wednesday and that turned out to be true. It turned up some issues yeah, with yeah. Chance Theory. Uh, once, once is understandable. For to be two and three times, then becomes you waving the flag. I'm I'm waving the red flag. Yeah, hundred percent. And and you know, I'm sure that lad who uh, who chose Wigan over us will be really really happy when he hasn't been paid for three months. Well, knowing uh, us, knowing how much they're paying him as well, precisely. Um, which which probably gives you an indication as to why they haven't been paid for three months because they've been overpaid, significantly overpaid. Uh, so. No sympathy. I have sympathy for Wigan supporters, 100%. What they've already been through and all. What they've been through and everything. Don't get me wrong, I have got masses of sympathy for the supporters of the club, 100%. Uh, for the club itself, if that's how you're going to run it, you get what you deserve. And and that will be selling the club and possibly administration or whatever whatever else comes with that. If 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 it goes, if it continues down the route that these sorts of scenarios generally go down. Mm. We, don't are, we, we don't know. There, there are stricter regulations now from the EFL mm. um, about pay, payment lates and things such as that. So, as John Morrell points out, they are getting paid. It's just late, but everybody agrees it sounds like a, a rocky road. It's That's strange. If I'm a, if I'm a Wigan fan, I, I'm generally getting concerned that there's issues, yeah. um, but we don't know enough information. It's just for 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 us, it is something to keep an eye on because they get a point of deduction that affects us, obviously. 
they may not. They probably won't. Hopefully, they don't. To be honest with you, but we'll see. Yeah, it's important. It's important for 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 all the clubs in the championship that to to understand that um, if these things are happening and, and the impact is likely to have on them, and, and and like John says, there it is a rocky road potentially, and, and these things. <laughs> You know, you, you hear these rumours, and nine times out of ten, they end up. There's, there's mm. some truth in them. You know, if they're not like, oh, songs that we're, we're buying this player or that player or that player's signing or this player's leaving. They're not like those rumours. These, yeah. that, that these tend to have, be based on the truth, if not actually true themselves. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, good luck. Yeah. Um, Richard Brown on back on the Millers uh, says we haven't lost two on the trot, have we yet? No, we haven't. That is very, very true. And that's a really, really important thing, Danny. Mick mentioned it on the last episode that it was important we get back on the horse, almost get back on the horse, just get point on board. If you lose one and then you lose two and then two becomes three and it can it can build and build. And if you lose four in a row, what's the point really? If you lose one and then pick up a point, it just shows you're, you've got a bit of character about you. And I think that's a really important point that Richard brings up. Oh, yeah, absolutely it is. Um, <clears throat> not losing two in a row at this point in the season is very big because it shows we are a um, reaction-based team, certainly to losses. Um, and I think our reaction to the Hull defeat is very, very strong in terms of how, um, how we played. Again, just a shame the last-minute penalty didn't give us three and gave us one instead. Um but I think that's the one thing that, well, it, it was one of multiple things last time in the championship that really killed us off, was just losing too many games in a, on it, in a row, should I say. And a lot of one nils being in there. Um, yeah, I think I think it's just very, very good that we've gone right. We've lost that game, how do we respond? We've responded to it and then cracked on from there. Um, and if we keep doing that throughout the season, we will just keep picking up, steadily, steadily picking up points and... I think I saw a tweet uh, last night saying if we maintain our points per game ratio as it is right now, we will be A-OK this season. But the important thing is having the um, tactics and the knowledge and the application to react to those losses to maintain that points average. Yeah, the points average at the minute would end up on 63 points, which would be dead comfortable. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. But let's see. Let's see how that goes. Um Moving on, anything else you want to talk about from the Coventry game before we move out of a quick preview of Cardiff? Too many C's. Um, there was some up there, I can't remember where it was now, so I don't even know why I'm speaking at the moment. There's no need for any noise to be coming out of my mouth because it's pointless because I'm not actually saying it, so sorry about that. Okay. I'm glad so, we did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> if you need anybody to ramble on anymore, just let me know. Yeah, we don't need to fill time on here. It's not yeah. like television where you got to fill something yeah. in. It's just, just get on with it. Um, one sort of crossing point is Grant Hall picked up his fifth booking. Picked up his fifth booking in six games. Um, he didn't oh, get any bookings until his shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Grant Hall is now suspended. This is verified. Not like a Rothbury one. Grant Hall is suspended for Saturday. Um, which Matt Taylor suggested it was a, it was a, maybe a blessing in disguise. Bear in mind, he's some tight calves, apparently. Um, so that's something to tick off. Matt, Grant Hall, he may be there in Cardiff, but he won't be playing on Saturday. Um, 
Start with the breakdown of the referee. The referee is Oliver Langford. Oh, oh God, not Oliver again. Kidding me, Oliver. He refereed us twice already. This, is, this will be the third time already in 17 games. Uh, he refereed the Blackburn loss, the 3-0 Blackburn loss. And I'm going to have to check this now because I've lost my notes. That's yeah. what he refereed us before this season at... Uh, he also refereed as the nil-nil away at Preston. So, it's a bit the name... them two games as a comparison, isn't it? Yeah, he's one of those names that, I, that it comes up a lot, and I, I, I struggle to find um, some poor decisions. Uh, what I will say is, we only have one victory whilst he's refereed us in the championship, and that came back in 2015. Uh, so it's. <laughs> It's not like Gavin Ward where we win every every time he refs us. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Mr. Mr. Langford. Um, no wins for us at the new stadium, Cardiff City Stadium, I think it's called now. The last win, uh, last win in in Cardiff was 1998. Uh, and we've only got one win in eleven in all competitions, both home and away. Um Daniel, let's talk about us before we move on to talk about them a bit more. What do you think? We know Grant Hall is not going to play. We know Chio, Chio could make the bench. I don't think he will, but he could. Um, Rathbone will be available. We don't I don't have the prognosis on Bramall yet, so we don't know if he's going to be available. Um, with all that in, Richard Wood back here, back in your starting 11 to start with? Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> him and Grant Hall are as near enough to like as like for like as you can get uh, in two in two like old head centre halves. Um, so yeah, I think that's more or less going to be a, sway, a straight swap. Um, maybe she laughs, you your audience laugh. But, um, but yeah, can I just say that Cardiff Cardiff Stadium is very creative. The Cardiff City Stadium that's very creative from them. It's like calling um, calling the capital of Mexico Mexico City, isn't it? Um, but but yeah. Um, I've not seen us win in my entire life against Coventry. If it's 1998, uh, I am heading down, which should be a very fun six o'clock start for me. Coventry, did I say Coventry? Coventry. Cardiff. They might say there's too many C's, so it's Cardiff. <laughs> um, whoops. It'll be a nice early six o'clock start, heading down to Cardiff. Whee. Thank you. Um, and hopefully it is Richard Wood at the back that is our wrecking ball and just keep Coventry... Uh, I nearly said it again. <laughs> did it say it again. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That, that keeps Cardiff at bay. There we go. <laughs> you enjoying uh, yeah. yourselves behind me like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Mick, Pelty and Humphreys... Uh, with us, with the two stars alongside Hall, um, Peltier may not be able to play. You know, with, with the Richard Wood type thing, too many game short space of time. I thought Cameron Humphreys had a really good game on Tuesday again. Um, so I th- I'd love to see him start again. Oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. This is the ideal opportunity for him to play our best back three of uh, of uh, Humphreys, Woody, and, and Wes, without a doubt. Um, and I've come on Bramall, assuming he's, he's recovered from his cramp, which I'm sure he will have, um, and, and Brooke Norton Cuffey on the right. So it, that that is, our, for me, our strongest defence at the moment, our strongest back five. Um, and it gives us a lot of pace out wide. It gives us the pace of, of, uh, of Cam Humphries in the middle. 
um, to, 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 to assist Woody against a team that are struggling, you know, a team that are struggling on low on confidence. Um, so it, it, that would, for me, would be absolutely the, uh, the back five. It's just a, it's, it's an ideal opportunity to play that, that, that centre three for me. Yeah, you mentioned Cardiff. They're in. Uh, they're in a really bad run of form. They've lost eight games of eight. Of are, are you sure it's Cardiff, man? Not Coventry. Not certain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they have lost their last three. They lost to Coventry, QPR, and Swansea. Now they are three teams that are coming into form, I suppose. Um, but it's a great time to play a team. If you want to play a team, you want to play them after they've lost three in a row, mm. uh, having not scored in any of those three games. That's a really, really good time. Uh, to play them. I don't think they've got a manager yet either. I think they're still under caretaker. Or has Mark Hudson been confirmed? I will double check that. I think uh, last I heard today, I, I, I read or, or saw somewhere that they're still managerless at the moment. Um, so it's yeah, Mark Hudson's still in, he's in Kurim. So it'd be one of them that could just last yeah. um, for a while. Yeah, still, te- still technically managerless. Uh, yeah, John Rell points that without Robinson as well for them, they're, they're toothless up top. However, they just lost to Swansea. They'll want to put that right in front of their fans. Tough game. Yeah, Callum Roberts got sent off for an idiotic moment in the South Wales derby, which is a bonus because he is a very good player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Callum Robertson. Um, I'll, we owe Cardiff anyway. We owe him one. We owe him. We owe him. We do owe him one. You're right. Hundred um, percent. We owe him for sending us down last time. So I'll put in the final nail in the coffin um, when there was no need to. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there was no need to. <laughs> it didn't affect them. You know what I mean? They they could have just they could have anyway. They could have capitulated yeah. and just left us to it. Who cares about sport and integrity card? If one just let us stay up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, there's no other names that really stand out from the from the Cardiff team, um, which is not not it doesn't always matter to be honest with you. Remain Sawyer's pot stands out what not many others. Um, let's talk about the midfield, Danny. This is where it starts to become a conversation because Hakeem Adolphin started on Wednesday. Um, did okay. Not, no, nothing spectacular. Dan Barlasser was obviously sensational. Ben Wiles, within the first 10 minutes, was pretty anonymous again. Um, where you feel... Al Rathbone will likely be fit. Jimmy Lindsay will be fit. Um... What 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 do you what do you what would you want to see from a midfield three? Um, I would like to see how Rathbun and Adolphin operate in that midfield because, like you say, Wales has been quite anonymous in that midfield except for the opening ten minutes, and it's not really a midfield combination that we've seen before. Um, but even if Taylor decides to bring Adolphin out, you've still got Lindsay there as well, and Adolphin is still a solid defensive. Midfielder back up, hopefully not making the same mistakes as he did against Wigan. But so far, he's proved that he's not quite as cohesive on the ball as our starting midfielders are, but still does the job there well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my starting midfield would have to be Lindsay, Barlasser, and Rathburn, just give Wiles that little spell on the bench just to recompose himself and, um, and reassess where he stands, in a sense, as well. Um, but yeah, you've got Barlasser with the distribution, Lindsay being your quote unquote strong man in the midfield who going for any challenge, and then Rathburn just runs everywhere. Um, 
could be a lethal combination against a team like Cardiff that we've seen got um, re- really stretched with pace by Swansea uh, in the in the um, in the Wales derby. Um, maybe we could do the same. Southwood. In the, in the championship, it's the Wales derby because only two teams <laughs> only two teams in Wales. Behaviour, <clears throat> behaviour. Yeah, I'm being echoed from the audience. Be here, you. I could say things about you, but I'm not going to on live on camera. Anyway, anyway, if we can apply the same formula that Swansea applied and stretch the game for Cardiff, we can. Um... I'm just going to stop. Mis- I'm going to stop myself mid sentence because I've got. I've got. <laughs> I've got hyenas in this room. Mate. I'm just going to move my back. You lads can do it on your own. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Power UK agrees with Dan Mick, Lindsay Barlas and Rathbone. That that's a three I think most Rotherham fans want to see, and they're mm. quite excited to see how that works. You got Lindsay Rathbone doing all the running, and we know that they're going to do the running. Wiles has not been doing that running recently. There's no question that Lindsay and Rathbone will do that, mm. and then Barlas will just be Barlas. Um, what are your thoughts on Wiles? Did you think it was just same old, same old on Tuesday? It's not getting him on the ball, and when we do get him on the ball, he's just his touch is letting him down. He's he, the more I see him, particularly on Tuesday, I, I'm, I'm beginning to think he's more a, just out of touch, out of form issue mm. rather than anything else. Um, uh, because he, he just he just couldn't. Oh, stop it! Siri's talking to me now. You're getting echoed at all. I'm getting echoed by Siri off my watch. Yeah, <laughs> my watch. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I will. Yeah, I think he's time he had a bit of a bit of a rest. Um, I, I guess I feel that the manager's probably thinking he's going to play himself back into form. Yeah. Uh, he's good enough were, to. Yeah, oh. there were flashes of it the other night. So that running first half where he took it right to byline was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so there's a, there's there is an argument to say that is he coming back into? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It, it, it's one of those. It's a Ben situation, isn't it? You know. We don't see him in training, so we don't really know. Mm. Um, but certainly when we see him on the pitch, he's, he's just out of touch. He's out of nick. Um, but it will come back. And when it does, with with him and Barlas performing the way he is in midfield, if you've got, if you've got those two at the top of your game, at the top of their game, that midfield will be unbelievable with either Rathbone or Lindsay in there. So, mm. I don't know. Don't know on that one. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Bear in mind, we've got Burnley coming up next week as well, which is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> that will be interesting to see him play uh, playing that game. Yeah, um, yeah. They've got like, like we've mentioned. There's, there's what, four more games for the World Cup: Cardiff, Burnley. Or is it five? No, five, isn't it? Oh. Cardiff, Burnley, Norwich, Sheffield United, Luton, uh, mm. which is a hell of a running. Um, but like yeah. I said, it's time to start. It's time to start surprising people further than we already are. Yeah, I mean, we know we know what we're going to get from each of those games, don't we? You know, Burnley are going to just pass it around as as much as Swansea did. Um, Norwich are going to throw themselves on floor at every available opportunity and scream like babies. Um, Sheffield United are going to be tough. Uh, well, they've they dropped the cliff onto them. They have at the moment, but you know, it'll be it's a local derby, so all bets are off in that respect, aren't they? Um, so it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard, but the, this this team are up for it. They're up yeah, for the yeah. fight. They're up for the battle. So mm. I'm glad the Norwich game is at home. To be honest, 
because at least it gives us the opportunity to vent some uh, frustration and anger on their uh, on their cheating behaviour, which will undoubtedly happen. Yeah, I heard somebody. Oh, I can't believe we played last week before Sheffield United game. I've seen people complaining about it. Yeah, I was speaking to a Sheffield United supporter at work today, and she was saying that we're just embarrassing. So, yeah, we can we can expect that, can't we? Um, yes. But we'll see. We'll see. We will see. Right, let's go some predictions and then leave. Uh, Mick, <laughs> right, fair enough. <laughs> we'll see you. <ya. laughs> uh, what's what's score prediction for Saturday? Um. Clean sheet for us on Saturday. Victor's uh, Victor's going to get back to his clean sheets. Uh, clean sheets. So I'm going two 0 Millers. I, I, I'm going two 0 I think that we'll we'll perform very similarly to the way that we did the other night. Um, but I'm hopeful that we'll cut out those mistakes at the back. Um, and if we start the way we started on tu- on Tuesday uh, on Saturday against Car- Cardiff, then in the runner form that they're in and the confidence levels that they're they're at, um, they should be there for the taking. Should be. Yeah. Until they play this in dressing room, you know, when they play yeah. The show, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then then obviously we'll get what uh, we'll get what I deserve. <laughs> uh Danny, what do you reckon is your prediction for Saturday? Um prediction for Saturday, I will set if we can stretch um, Cardiff like we did, that's one did against them. I'd say we'd win, probably just sneak it 1 0, as we know how Taylor's t- tactics to be. But in terms of quality teams and Cardiff being able to stretch us, I don't know, I'd be happy with a 0 0. I'm going to say 0 0. I'm glad you've done that. I'm going to go 1 0. I'm glad you changed anyway. Um, yeah, it'll be a very close game. Um, we will uh, finish by Paul Brock comment we haven't mentioned who we think is going to start up top we haven't Danny who's going to start up top um Che will be on the bench potentially if he's fit enough <clears throat> potentially if he's fit enough anyway um if not Washington and Eve, um, Washington and Eves I honestly think it'll be Washington and Eves I really do surprise me yeah I don't um, know I just have a feeling Nick. it will be same yeah, I think it will be. I think uh, I think Kelly deserves another start. To be honest, I thought it was a good game. I thought it was a really good game. I, he had a very very good game. Uh, he was unlucky not to score uh, in that first few minutes when the, the, the drag back just evaded him, um, and also when he when he ended up in back at net. I, I think he got one eye on post. I think he got one eye on goal post at that point, Anthony. So, um, but having said that, when Eves came on again, I think he did really well. I think mm-hmm. he did really well. The issue we've got for, for him and that he's got is, is like I said earlier on, he's just he's, he's getting no space at all. He's just having his shirt, shorts, and anything else ragged off him. Um, and, and I tell you now, Oliver Langford will not will not give him anything. Agreed. Yeah. Very much agreed. Um, a few predictions in the comments. Nicholas Skimmer says one nil. Jamie two nil. Steve Grundy says one one. Almed UK says 2 1. John C says a clean sheet, please, which we would yeah, take. Yeah. John Morell says it's be a tough game. He thinks 1 1, take the point and run. Uh, Kim Hayward says 1 0. Uh, Damian Coward says, Coward says 2 1. Um, DV Reality agrees with me. Never a pen. Thank you very much, DV. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Mick talking rubbish. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> he also says 2 1 to the Millers as well. Paul Brock thinks it'll be Kelly and Wash to start, which we would all be happy with. To be honest. I can see what Mick's saying about Eves and Dennis saying about Eves, but I would like to see Kelly give him another give him a run. See if yeah, he, yeah. I, I, he needs to play minutes, doesn't he? He needs to play minutes. And I feel like playing against Cardiff would suit Kelly better than playing against somebody, a streetwise team in Burnley. Uh, that might be better for Eves to play that game, maybe. I don't know. Might be reading too much into it. Um, Burn Jones says 3 0 to the Millers as his prediction. Any other things, talking points you want to mention before we uh, go and chill out for a little bit? I think we've we've managed a full podcast without mentioning the war, so uh, which is good. Um, and, and nobody within the comments has mentioned it either. So, um, so we might have in the live you. studio audience wants to mention the war. <laughs> the one that ends in uh, in N E. No, they don't know what I'm on about. Carry on. Carry on. We'll tweet out about that as well. So if, if, if you feel generous and you want to donate to it as well, feel that you can out of hospice. No, because I don't have um, any money. If you want to double one of your mates and be saying it too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Get them to uh, get them to donate as well. Um, thank you. It's been a pleasure. We will be back on maybe Sunday. We'll see. Um, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done already. Um, Danny, is the vlog? No vlog this time because you're enjoying your holiday? That's fine. Um, I will do a vlog before Saturday, for sure. There we go. Yeah. Perfect. We uh, subscribe if you haven't already, and then we will be back on Sunday. Please subscribe to our audio, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you normally listen. If you do so, make sure you've subscribed to there as well. Uh, Mick, it's been a pleasure. See you in Cardiff. Thank you very much. Danny, it's been a pleasure. I enjoy the rest of your holiday. I will. I'm going to batter this lot with a teaspoon if they carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, everybody. I will see you all next time. Thank you very much. Bye. Ravel, vicious, but brilliant. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.